On this episode of Resi Week, we talk to Rich Fergosa, Katie McGregor Bennett, and Joe Whitaker about the year 2022 and what they're looking forward to in 2023. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 360, the year in review. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories, except this is our end of the year show, so it's wrap up of the entire year. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv, and these, this week I am pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Uncle Richie, Richard Fergosa. He's the principal of Fergosa to Design. How you doing, Uncle Richie? I'm doing good, brother. Actually, uh, doing double duty with you on this one, so looking yeah. forward to it. It's actually good to see some good friends on here. Some we're, we're doubling up again. It's, it's going to be a party. Then uh, we're kind of going across the the North American continent from west to east. Then we have Katie McGregor Bennett out of Montana. She's the president of KMB Communications. How you doing, Katie? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're uh, we're getting ready to wind down for the holidays. So as you can see behind me, we've like completely blown up the office. <laughs> so, I see that. So, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a good time. So I'm just happy to see here. John kind of puttering away in the background. I know. There. Right? Like, I know. It makes I, me I happy. Yeah. I hope he's yeah, doing he something. He's actually, he is. He's getting stuff ready for ISE. All right. Then coming a little bit closer, we have Joe Whitaker. He's the vice president of business development for Origin Acoustics. How you doing, buddy? Glad to be back on the show for another yearly roundup. Yeah. And then I'm, of course, wrapping the East Coast up, I guess. I'll take ownership of the entire East Coast, I guess, uh, up here in Canada. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the typical year-end show that we like to do. We like to look back and think about uh, and discuss the biggest things that affected uh, 2022, the biggest story, um, whatever your, your, your fondest memory of 2022 is uh and then once we go around the horn with that we'll look forward to 2023 and make some predictions and see uh where we can get with that so <clears throat> richie let me let me start with you you're coming at this from and, and this is great because we've got an integrator we've got marketing uh and then we have joseph from the manufacturing side um and me from every side uh so we, we can kind of cover it completely as an as an integrator or somebody in the trenches every day, what was the biggest story? What was the biggest headline? What was the biggest impact on your business of of twenty twenty two? And I bet I can guess what it is. Da da da! Supply chain. Yeah. I was going to say metaverse. <laughs> oh yes, darn it. Yes, Meta. Meta. <laughs> Curse you. You know it has been. It, it's it's the story that you know. It is the story that never ends, right? You know, or the one that doesn't ship. You know, I, I mean, we could we could all we could all try to sweep it under the rug again, but you know, it's it's there, it's happened. We're dealing with it. We are still hearing, you know, Q two, Q three, Q four numbers that are coming across. You know, it's it's it has been something that I think integrators have just decided. You know what? It, time to get creative and and try to find ways to make things work that customers are still going to want things and the way of doing business that you 
did it before for all of those many years is not the way that you're going to do business and probably is going to change the way that you're going to do business from here on out. Mm -hmm. Um, It uh, definitely um, strained a lot of relationships between the integrator and manufacturer community. Um, There were instances where integrators had manufacturers who they felt were in partnership with them. And there were instances where integrators felt that they had manufacturers who were very tone deaf to the entire process. And uh, rather, and, and, and you saw a lot in terms of manufacturer response, you know, who was accountable, who was looking the other way, and who was very quick to um, always look to take the praise, but none of the blame. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was kind of hard to see marketing stories about, you know, all of these great things and going, yeah, but let's talk about the other part. Um, but it's, and it wasn't just our industry. Uh, you know, we did see an acceleration of, of, of SaaS models, software as a service. We did see movements towards, um, how virtual systems can operate as much as Silicon systems that are out there. We learned the importance of, especially in our industry, how remote working can affect our business and you can blossom and you can grow and you can expand your reach. Uh, And at the same time, you know, I mean, I remember, gosh, you know, 18 months ago or whatever, you know, uh, Joe was, Joe was doing a great job of putting out how to uh, wear your, uh, your protective gear, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, and with the diagrams and everything else and, and how we've just, uh, we haven't forgotten what it felt like almost two years ago. But we have definitely evolved and taken some lessons from it in how we approach the market. It was a different kind of technological meltdown in that, uh, you know, it wasn't that we had uh, the real estate market dropout or the or the dot bomb. We we had an instance where um, integrators had to be resourceful and had to find ways to still be able to say yes, but not the ways that they've always said it before. And uh yeah, it's been a long year. <laughs> I mean, you get, you get, you get a lot of those stories. Now, with that though, um, I did have the good fortune of, uh, you know, right at the end of spring, beginning of summer, to go to Spain and ISC, and to be able to see a bit of that transition. And then we followed right up with Infocom, and the difference that started happening, and you could feel the tide shifting, not as fast as any of us ever wanted it to, but with the return of like even in-person trade shows, there was finally that sense of, okay, we, maybe we're, we've crested the hill. Now we're seeing with manufacturers and with integrators and, and with deployments that um, work's getting done. And, and now we're starting to check off some of the boxes on the list, but it was first half of the year was a rough go to get to, to crest that hill. That's a load there. Katie, from the from from the marketing side or just your side in general, um, obviously I'm a, I'm assuming a lot of it was some of the same stuff. Trying to constantly put out the fires of the the year that was, but <laughs> looking back, what, what what was your biggest takeaway? What was your biggest story? Your biggest impact that you saw? 
you know, I think there, that's kind of a twofold answer as you often get from, from me. One is kind of bouncing off of what Richie was talking about in supply chain and, and sort of how that opened up some, some additional things mid-year. So supply chain absolutely played a role in everything that we did, but from a brand, from a marketing perspective and representing brands, it was really helping kind of navigate the conversation and create as much transparency about the reality of the situation as possible. So really clear, transparent communications. So we did a lot more um, it was sort of calm strategy work this year and particularly kind of like that mid-year point on and really sort of, okay, we now understand the situation isn't going to get that much better before the end of the year or maybe into 23, 24 even. So what do we need to be saying now so that, so that we still have an audience who wants to buy our product and our, and, and, and our, and our offering, but how can we be a little bit more transparent about, you know, the reality and that, you know, we're all in this together. So we, we kind of saw a swing mid-year, um, sort of coincided with live events coming back in into view and and being kind of much more broadly attended, which we saw with Infocom mid-year. I didn't go to ISE last year, but Infocom mid-year and then CD Expo in the fall. And definitely, you know, seeing a lot more feet on the ground and a lot more of the the kind of the the buying audience or the inf the buying influencer audience at both of those shows. Um, what I also saw was a lot more marketing interest. And so that was the big swing for us. While KMB has always been a content, you know, we've really been content driven and we're storytellers. We had a lot of brands and companies coming to us saying, okay, we actually, we, we've got marketing budget again and we need to, we need, we need to wrap up. Um, what, what do you suggest? To me, that was really encouraging because what we saw by, you know, by the time we got into October, November, is a lot of the manufacturers and the brands in the space are starting to look at marketing from a more sophisticated manner and standpoint which is music to our ears. And the more that we can start taking kind of a, a, a firmer hold of marketing and harness all that it can do to, to build the, the visibility of our brands and get us out of, particularly in the residential space, but get us out of this tiny little niche where so few really know how what we do and how much better it is than just buying something off the shelf. Brands who are starting to invest more heavily in marketing are helping to drive a greater audience interest in what we do. And that is, you know, as you heard me say before, as mama says, good for goose, good for gander. The more that brands start investing in their marketing and showing more people broadly what we do, the more likely that we have an industry that can continue to grow and evolve. So for me, that was super positive. We still have a long way to go, but we're starting to see a, a, a change. We're really starting to see um, a lot more sophistication on the marketing side. So, you know, kind of looking back on 22, that's what we saw going into 23. We are we're pedal to the metal and full throttle on on this and the brands that are ready to, to, to pony up and play. We are participating very heavily in those programs and really and really trying to drive a lot more engagement to show full success to these programs so that others can follow and find success as well. So long winded, like but there you go. Yeah, I like it. Joseph, my friend, uh, same question. To you You kind of made the, the switch from integrator to manufacturer this year and kind of came out of came out of a fun year with a with a new gig. So what what was the biggest story and if you say joe whitaker getting hired at origin that was one of the biggest stories of the year <laughs> interestingly enough uh, the, the very first month of this last year i was still an integrator and then kind of you know february jumped on um learned a lot of stuff really quick uh you know they expected me to just dive in head first and and do what I do. And that's the way it worked out. And for this year, there was like a couple of things for me, you know, I, I will touch on when we get to next year, I'll touch on some of what he said too, but 
you know, what good old Uncle Richie was talking about, about uh, supply chain was an interesting thing for me to learn on the other side, but not as much mm -hmm. for what you might think. Of course, supply chain, uh, supply chain was bad for everybody. It does, didn't matter what manufacturer you were talking about. Everybody had some kind of issues. That all goes down to the product development cycle, right? It's like 18 months to two years before you introduce that new product. And uh, so you saw products coming out this year at Expo that were developed in 2018 and 2019 because nobody could build any of them um, or release them yeah. or get them shipped or, or do, you know, finals on anything. So it, it kind of set us back two years, everybody, two to three years in development. But then, you know, announcing and shipping these products was a disaster because nobody knew about these products. So they were still asking for deliveries of stuff that's two years old that everybody's moving on from. So it became a really interesting thing to learn very quickly about, you know, what factories and what regions of the world could ship, which ones couldn't, what were the holdups, you know, all the shipping container stuff that went on for the first part of the year. I, it was an entire disaster. Um, so, you know, I feel for everybody that was in my shoes because last year was similar. So things are getting better for everyone, but supply chain was probably like Richie said, you know, the number one thing on everybody's mind. And to me, it just brought back to see and custom. People really started having to look at what they were doing, how they were doing, how they could work around these issues um, that were dependent on the manufacturer side. When I say manufacturer, I mean the actual factory, not so much the yeah. company you deal with when you make those phone calls in. Um, you know, one of the other things that really hit me at Cedia Expo this year that uh, I believe, and some of you may wince when I say this, um, but I actually believe COVID saved uh, the trade show industry. Um, everybody that was at the last expo before uh, COVID knows that numbers were dwindling, excitement was dying, manufacturers were thinking they could just get by with the same old, same old, and then COVID happened. And we went through all that. We come out of COVID, numbers are back up, manufacturers are engaging in different ways. Um, introducing products that are more meaningful, um, showing them off and attendance was great. And it really brought it back to not the last two or three years before uh, COVID. It brought it back to before that, where it really was about family and about the networking you did. And that was truly the highlight. So, you know, my other big take from this last year was that COVID saved the trade show industry. Um, it really did. Um, the last thing that I'll throw out there um, that was big is you saw a lot of people this last year harken back and start treating audio differently. Um, you know, I don't know what that was all about, but this year you saw a lot of new audio products, new form factors, new methods to use audio, whether it was combining lights with sound or just so much of that interesting thing. Oh, one other thing. Since nobody was able to introduce a bunch of new products this year, it was a magical year for partnerships. Origin was no different, right? It was hard to introduce a lot of new stuff. So what we did was bring back some of the coveted brands like Velodyne, who you couldn't get in the U.S. anymore. You know, it's like mm -hmm. there, there are those companies out there that need that exposure. And when you can't build a ton of new things because of supply chain and development issues, that's your opportunity. So a lot of companies showed a lot of partnerships this year. That's a really good point. I don't know what my biggest story of the year was. 
I, I think the instability of the the tech industry. I think general. it was. I think it was that Joe Whitaker went to Origin Acoustics. No, I that one didn't even register on my my radar at all. I honestly <laughs> forgot it happened. I don't know. Um, How is that even possible? Because Joe reminded you. But I mean, I don't take his calls. <laughs> it's fine. It, he's just on a constant do not disturb. <laughs> he texts. They don't show up. It's fine. Um, there's oh, nothing bigger Joe. to dig into there, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would argue that the, the biggest thing to kind of come out of this year for, for me, from a business standpoint was the, having a better understanding of the relationships that we have with both our customers and our vendors and politely realizing that for the most part, they both suck. Uh, they're both terrible. <laughs> and that there's, there's, there is a lot of situations where like anything, when, when everything is good and, and, and rosy, there's no issue. But the second things get challenging, you find out who's, who's really there for you and who really supports you again, from both the manufacturer side, the, the, distributor side, um, but also the customer side. We, we had more customers that went a different direction this year than we've ever had, um, which is very interesting. And it's probably just my personality, but that's fine. Um, notwithstanding. All right, let's, let's go around the horn one more time and talk about what we're, what we're looking at with, with 2023. See if we can find a, a rosy outlook on the the upcoming year what you got for us richie um i think that 2023 we're gonna see is the year of virtualization in our industry i think that because manufacturers had to get away from hardware um and accelerate software solutions um that they've opened up at a bit of a pandora's box because what's interesting is that integrators are going to go, so wait a minute, in an effort to fill the supply chain issues that we were talking about, we came up with software solutions that weren't necessarily specifically tied to these units. And we can deploy systems, which we're seeing with control systems, we're going to see with audio codecs, video codecs, and everything coming down the line. I For the integrator... For the end user, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to go open up the opportunity for what we've always called, you know, the interoperability of systems, right? The true integration side of systems, right? Where we are now just bridging different technologies and it's it's no different and like I said many times, like we saw in the tech world years ago, um, to be able to virtualize the process where you, again... You don't need a DB25 anymore to connect to a device. You don't need a VGA cable to connect to a device. All of the near-end and far-end devices, whether it's a streaming media player, whether it's an integrated speaker, whether it is a smart TV, um, all of these systems are going to become less and less dependent on the chips that we said for so many years, we got to have this chip, we got to have this box, only our box can do X, Y, Z. With mm-hmm. the Resi side of things, I, I'm I'm excited because, again, I've been waiting for it forever. 
is seeing the influx of, of pro technology solutions working their way in. Dante, AES 67, uh, MJ paid through. All of the things that um, we've been waiting for, um, being able to deploy those in consumer applications from a custom standpoint. You know, we're, we're, we're going to see even more of a shift of the haves and have nots, right? That middle ground is going to be a very weird area because we're going to have a lot of these devices that will perform a whole lot of different things. Um, and the integrators who are going to be able to kind of succeed from this are the ones who can truly explain how integration works again. It's like going back to the 90s when you used to do your sales presentation, you'd walk out with 10 remotes and you'd drop them on the table and go, this is what you got right now. We're dealing with that with an app-based culture again. And now it's going to be who are the integrators who can find ways to streamline the process, um, whether it is no-touch control, whether it's voice control, whether it's predictive um, assistance systems. You know, all of the things that we've been talking a, a lot about many over the years of how technology is supposed to help the process and not hinder the process. And so that's what our focus has been, is that, you know, I'm I'm excited about how we can use predictive technology to streamline what's going to be going on in these residences. And I think, you know, there's something to be said about that and there's value and there's a market and a vertical that can be reached with it. Um, because if you're focusing on selling boxes, it's, it's going to be a long year for you before you even start. Cause a, you got to hope you got to get the box, but B you have a whole different group of competitors than you think you have. Um, and you're not competing with other integrators. You're not. And, and that's, an old way of thinking that we had from decades ago that we need to be able to open up and, and if we're going to flourish. And I think we are. And I think we saw a shrink in terms of the companies again, who, mm-hmm. who, who is left are, <laughs> are, um, there's been some vetting in the industry and I think there's an opportunity for quality products to go out. And I think everybody's learned their lessons. Um, you know, I'd like to think that manufacturers are hopefully not going to sweep the past two years of missteps under the rug. And and we'll be able to come up and say, hey, we learned too. We 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 were we were just as guilty of just thinking that the you know it was just the rain was always coming. Um, and and I hope that it's going to make us more responsible as an industry in order to be able to deliver um, consistent solutions. Yeah, that's a really good point, Katie. How how are you going to follow that one up? <laughs> <laughs> Is I'm not. Anything, no. Is there anything left? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got nothing. Um, no, but I'm, I'm actually going to kind of do what I did on the on the last lap, which is kind of tie back to what Richie said, and then and then take on my own run, which is I think you know kind of the virtualization um, and predictive aspect of it. I'm coming at it from from marketing, so you know I think a lot of what we're looking at. Um, in 23 and beyond and, and beyond is kind of taking what happened in 22, which is an, an increasing interest in having a more sophisticated marketing approach to the art of doing business in the, in the CI channel. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at ways of spending a lot more time with those brands that are really interested in taking their communications and their marketing up to the next level to help attract that, that audience that I was talking about on the last lap around the table. What I'm really trying to drive from, not just from our camp, but from the industry in general is the more, uh, more, more predictable we can become in the efforts that we as, as a community have, the more reliable our community comes to 
the end user audience that we're looking to engage. So I'm trying to work very closely with brands, with manufacturers, with integrators, with associations on being really clear on what we do, how we're different, how we're better, and how the consumer ultimately will benefit from the work that is done in, in the channel. So, you know, and some of that is, is kind of, it's trying to predict what's coming, um, but it's also trying to base on history, how we best communicate the, the differentiators of our industry and put that in front of the brands that can communicate that to a broader audience. So you know, there's, it's really interesting in, the, in that it's, it's kind of taking what used to be such a niche, you know, I mean, the language of our AV is <laughs> so unique to our community. But the more that we can kind of break out of that of, of that language and help more people understand what we're doing, the better we have at helping our industry grow. And that for me is, you know, is as important in 22 as it is in 23, as it is in 24, 25 and 26. Um, and I'm really just trying to, to, to pursue more sophistication across the board and, you know, start putting more of a calendar together, put in actually doing the budgeting, tracking your spend to budget to result, you know, the, all of all of those oh, those elements and just, you know, kind of more sophisticated in the way that we approach all aspects of marketing, not just the execution or maybe just throwing money at the wind every once in a while and calling that marketing, which it isn't. So. Hoping, hoping, hoping we get some traction. What she's saying is grow up. <laughs> and we are. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fantastic. Joseph, my friend, um, what, what's 2023 look like for, for you? What are you, what are you expecting to see? You know, it, it, it could be like a mix of good and bad. Um, Cause you know, I, I really do see, uh, and some of this is on the marketing side, but I'll get to the, 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 what Richie said at the very first part of the show, when we talk about supply chain. Um, although it was bad, 21, 22, um, some of 20, this, this is the year that it all could teeter, right? Um, China and Taiwan pop off. There goes that Korea's there goes that. Um, so I know for a fact, a lot of manufacturers are looking at other areas um, that they could manufacture stuff, Mexico, Canada, um, gosh, uh, Czech Republic. I mean, there's a lot of places out there that people are viewing as possible moves because this year, mm -hmm. everybody is just eyes on the ball on what's going to happen in China uh, and the Koreas. And even if your stuff is in Indonesia or uh, places like that, those two areas are still going to affect uh, the way you can get product. They, they're going to. So I, I don't want to spit a doom and gloom out there. Um, but, you know, the, the day anybody sees one of those goes, you better start stocking your warehouses. Um, if you're an integrator and if you're a manufacturer, you better start looking at options. Because um, this is the one year that there's the most potential for that to possibly happen. Uh, the second thing on that side is those marketers out there um, really need to start look at the way they're doing stuff out in social um, because I, I suspect 23 um, to be the year that TikTok is outlawed in the United States. So stop spending your money advertising on TikTok. Change your motivation now. Um, so I'll get off the doom and gloom portion. Now we'll go on to the positives. Um, Richie was talking about making things work together. Um, I really think that this year is going to be the year for that because I think matter will matter. Um, matter will probably pull off something Ooh. this year that will be big because I mean, even down to brands like Tuya, 247 certified devices, Microsoft, over a hundred certified devices, um, Philips Hue, hundred and something certified devices. So there's a, well, and then we got Sony, Samsung, LG already with products in matter certification. 
So matter is really going to matter. And I'm not going to say which control company, but I do know one of them has already got stuff in certification. So that, that could be a very, very, very huge thing. Um, people are also starting to look at, uh, like uh, Richie said, um, AES 67, Dante. Um, I, I really do think 23 is going to be the year we'll see a bigger splash in a residential um, besides just what Meridian has already done in this past year. I think 23 is going to be our first uh, jump into watching companies starting to do multi-room music with Dante, um, DSP within Dante, uh, going down to the room basis. Richie's over there shaking his head. He's feeling me. This this is going to be the year where the um, you know the residential integrator actually starts seeing the value and what could be done on the back end of Dante. Because believe me, nothing is worse than an echo in a multi-room environment. And you can't fix that with our current architecture, with network timing protocols that are standard within what we do today. You can fix it in Dante. Um, and it, it's, it is going to come around. I completed an entire 40 zone audio system with nothing other than speaker wires and a couple of HDMI inputs. Yay, see? The, the, believe me, guys, the tech is real. And I think it's going to be the year. The last thing I'm going to... I'm going to try to keep it short, Matt. Um, the last thing that's going... It's just, this is going to be the craziest thing ever to happen to our industry. But it's going to happen outside our industry. And it's going to happen entirely on accident. And it's going to make everybody go, whoa. So we're six months out from Neuralink being FDA approved by December 31st of 2023, there will be the first human being on the planet controlling their house with their brain. It is going to happen before 2024 and it is going to make all of us pause and go, man, we've been doing this wrong the entire time. Um, it, it, I mean, that's going to be huge. That's why Joe's actually, that's why Joe's wearing baseball caps now yes. so that we won't see the little nubbins. He's got the nubbins already preset. That's why he's wearing a cap for the rest of the That's what that was. Yes. Because when you fall off your Wi-Fi, you go back to it's a space dial up straight to Starlink. I thought it was the return of dot that he was going to. No, that is no. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that one is going to be a, a really big eye opener um, just because of what it can and will do, especially with their focus. You know, the first focus is, you know, vision impaired or uh, those who uh, lack control of muscles, mm -hmm. uh, motor skills in their body. And, you know, the, the biggest portion of their sales pitch was that the person who has it will be able to control their phone faster than a person with hands. Um, so you start looking at their, their first thing is controlling devices in your surroundings. Of course, the first thing he's going to do with the person that gets it first is start a Tesla with it. We all know this is going to happen, but after that, it's going to be controlling TVs and thermostats and lights and all the other stuff that can make me so lazy. I look like the people on Wally, uh, -E. like that it's going to happen, but that's going to be the eye opener between that and what matters going to do. It's really going to change um, the focus of the yeah. industry. That's a really good point. I think 2023 is going to be very interesting and very entertaining because I think we're going to continue to see a massive erosion of middle market. I think you're going to lose almost all of the entry market as well. I think that's going to become 
an industry that is very difficult or a market segment that's going to be very difficult to be profitable in. But that that upper that upper class middle market should be all right. And of course, the luxury market will be fine. But the other thing I think we're going to see, and we're starting to see it a little bit already, um, just like we saw a fair number of companies go under this year uh, from, from an integration standpoint, I think you're going to start to see that trickle into the uh, the actual manufacturing side as well. And we've already seen that with a handful of um, young startups, we'll call them, that started to have some issues, lost a little bit of funding, and then all of a sudden staff is hemorrhaging and they're fine, quote unquote. Um, kudos to marketing teams everywhere for that. Uh, but anyone who can follow LinkedIn job postings um, knows that a bunch of those people have already left. So yeah, it's over. Um, <laughs> that being said, I, I think we've got a ton of really cool technology that's coming down the pipe. That's going to make life very entertaining to, uh, to, to see how that all gets implemented. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, Richie. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Fergosa design, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on the socials. You can uh, find me also on the interwebs. Type in my name and things will pop up. Uh, Fergosa Design is the company. But hopefully, as I continue to say on every show, because I really mean it, I hope the place that you could find me is here on avnation.tv. All of our shows covering all of our verticals. Uh, Matt and I were just on Resi Week recording. Uh, my partner, Steve Greenblatt, and I just completed episode 100 of A State of Control, where we talk about the state of the automation industry. And looking forward to recording episode one-on-one -on -one and shooting our way to episode 200. Uh, but again, the best place, hopefully, is find me here, find our sponsors, support all of our shows and our sponsors. And that's the, that is that is a Christmas wish for Tiny Tim <laughs> Uncle Richie. Oh, goodness. Katie, my friend, uh, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you and uh, learn more about Canby Communications. Um, <laughs> Dude, I've got no can... Tiny Tim reference. <laughs> That's okay. I, not, I know. Oh, it's okay. That's okay. Super okay, Smalls. So to, to... How about Super Small Sam? <laughs> super, super Junior small John? Yeah, Junior John. John? Sorry, Mitchell. You're going to have fun editing this one out. But I'm no, this is, nice right this is oh, this is staying, staying in. This is 100% staying in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Katie on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of all of the above. Just look for Katie McGregor Bennett and you will find, if you're looking for KMB Communications, look for the one with the little mountain icon logo, not the other one in the healthcare field. So thanks for thanks for uh, listening to my rambles this year. It's been really fun hanging out with you guys. It's all good. Thank you for joining us. Mr. Whitaker, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Origin Acoustics, where can they do that? You can find me on TikTok. No, you cannot. <laughs> You can find me on all the socials at Joe Whitaker. Um, obviously, at Origin Acoustics, check out OriginAcoustics.com. Uh, and, you know, when Matt invites me, you can obviously find me here. And, you know, for all the integrators, just remember Origin Acoustics is putting the U in luxury. I just made that up. But. That definitely didn't get that Did didn't get that, cleared Katie? by marketing. We're 100% sure of that. Sophisticated sub brands. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Put that on yes. a t-shirt. <laughs> We're All still right. working on others. <laughs> yeah, no. 
goodness. Well, you know, you know, you come after Katie's laughing, and and your your mind is just mush. You're like so entertained watching Katie that you can't say it. You guys give me the giggles. What can I say? If you hadn't noticed, it's an end of the year show. <laughs> All right, thank you everyone for joining us, not only uh, for this episode, but for every episode that we do uh, off across our entire channel. Um, this year, we we greatly appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with me and continue to either watch me um, harassing people on Twitter uh, or memeing, you know, Shit's Creek memes over on Twitter as well. I do a lot on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there under Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.